Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Today, I would like to talk again about abounding life. Abounding means more than enough or prosperous or a surplus. I would like to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 again. This is a key scripture of this series of teaching. I usually teach the Bible in series, different topics in detail. We have taught about the grace of God. We taught about demonologies in the past many years ago. We taught about the honor of God, the love of God, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. I would like to ask you to really go back to these teachings, and you can get it from the CD table, and listen to each series in detail. Some of them are in the YouTube, but not all of them. So you can understand each topic. For example, when I taught about great grace a few years ago, about two years ago, three years ago, after I finished teaching myself, when I heard the word grace, G-R-A-C-E, in German language is Ganade. The word grace, one, it, I heard the word grace is like the whole thing of the sermon. Twenty-something sermon come up in my mind, what it means. I see deep in that word and can really grab a hold and receive the benefit from that word grace alone. It really built my faith how to hook up to the grace of God and how to walk by the grace of God. In the same way, all this teaching, when you hear in detail, you grab a hold and build your faith and you understand and have the revelation of the things of heaven. And your Christian walk will never be the same. It's like everything in your heart, you know, you know, you see the whole thing and you can walk in that light. Walk in the light of the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance. That is in New King James. But in King James Version say, may abound to every good work. Abundance and abound. Abounding life. Today, I would like to talk again about the key to live an abounding life or live in super abundance. Let me read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, 5. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. The key to tap into God's surplus or abundance is to check your heart and to keep your heart right, to have the right motive and right priorities in life. We need to make sure your, our heart is right. The scripture here says that we need to kill our flesh, our sinful desire. Because our sinful desire will work against the way of God. And one of the sinful desires of human beings is covetousness. 
Covetousness is idolatry, according to what the Bible say. Idolatry means to put something else above God or before God. Let me read the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 32, verse 4. And he, mean Aaron, received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and make a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, has brought you out of the land of Egypt. These people practice idolatry. God took them out from Egypt, but they themselves make a molded calf and worship that idols. Let's look at the Ten Commandments, what God say about idolatry. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 6. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. It's so clear here that idolatry is not the will of God. God commanded the children of Israel, you will not worship other gods. You will not worship a statue of false gods. I am the one who delivered you from sin and bondage. And in that generation, all the countries and nations around the Hebrews worship idols. And today, many nations and many people around us still worship and pray to idols. And God commands us, the same command, don't worship idols. Don't practice idolatry. Covetousness is not good. It's a sin. We should not practice covetousness at all. Are there people in the church that worship other things beside God? I believe there are. How can you tell that they worship other things by listening to what they're talking about? They talk more about other things than they do to God. They think about other things more than they do to God. Is it okay to practice idolatry, that we put other things before the Lord. No, it's not okay. Many people ask God, bless me, Lord, give me a good job, give me more money, give me a nice house. But the reason they ask God for those things is to please their flesh. Because they love materials more than God. I know the sermon today may be a little bit heavy. But we need some heavy message sometimes. All the things they ask from God, whether houses or car or money or jewelry, has nothing to do with the kingdom of God at all. It's all about for themselves. They want those things more than they want God, the will of God and the purpose of God. If we practice idolatry like that, 
God cannot bless us. But when you live for God, when you seek the kingdom of God first, He shall provide all of your need and more than what you need to be able to do His will and to fulfill the calling of God in our life. Material things should not be our priority at all. We should be careful not to spend too much time on the material things. Don't spend hours and hours washing your cars, watching internet, or playing video game. We should not use our energy and time too much on the material things. Don't emphasize the material things. But we should look to God and seek the kingdom of God first. Material things and money should be down low down on our list of what is important and what is high priority in our life. Let me say it this way. It's not about having a lot of stuff or material things. It's nothing wrong to have a lot of material things. It's nothing wrong to, to have a lot of money in your bank account. But it's wrong when material things and money mean so much to you. Listen one more time. It's nothing wrong to be rich, to have material things. But when material things mean so much to you, we call idolatry. Let me ask this question. Praying to a statue of a false god, is it acceptable to God? Yes or no? If we, as a Christian, we go to worship an idol, maybe once in the blue moon, is it okay? Is it okay to worship other gods just a little bit? How much should we have covetousness or idolatry? How much? Zero. We should have zero idolatry practiced in our life. In the same way, we should practice covetousness zero. We should not love the material things at all. Amen? Anything can be idol to us. Some of us, an idol is our home. We spend hours and hours and hours trying to decorate our home. But we don't have time to read the Bible and to go to church. Some of us, material thing, the idol can be our car. We spend so much time cleaning our car. Some of us, our idol can be jewelry. Some of us, it can be our clothes. Some of us, maybe our motorcycle, maybe our golf game. We spend so much time on golf game, but we don't have time to pray. I want to tell one you the truth. All these material things are going to be ashes. The Bible said that everything on earth one day when Jesus comes back going to be burned up. They're all going to be gone. I don't care if it is a $10 million house in Bellevue. They will be God. Everything on earth, everything on earth is like a gallon of milk. It has an expiration date. Everything on earth. It will be good for a while only. You say, Pastor, how do you quote that scripture? Where, where is it in the scripture? Let me read to you. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief, 
in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. All the material things are going to be gone one day. You may go to the nice car lot and buy a very brand new nice car. You drive out of that car lot. You feel so good, and I tell you, it's gonna get old, and it's gonna break. Ten to fifteen years from now, that car gonna be in the junkyard. You may say that I have a nice house. That nice house gonna get old, and it's gonna break. Something may last for a few decades, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, but all of them gonna get old and break. Therefore, I beg you, don't be overly attached to any things of this world. They're gonna be gone one day. Don't be attached to anything in this world. Now, what should we focus on? What should be the important things in our life? What will last and remain forever? Let's look at what Jesus say in John chapter four, verse thirty-four. Jesus said to them, "I read from Amplified Bible. My food nourishment is to do the will and pleasure of Him who sent me, and to accomplish and completely finish His work. What makes Jesus feel full inside Him? What makes Jesus satisfied and fulfilled on the inside of Him? The answer is to do the will of the Father." And to accomplish it, the same thing should happen to us. And I come to that point of my life now. The most fulfilling thing in my life is to get the job done for God. Is to do the will of God. Material things are not important to me anymore. It's more fun to go to mission trip. It's more fun to run the church and see people saved, see people grow up, and love Jesus Christ. I want to do the will of my Father, and I want to accomplish it. Amen? Amen. Yes, you may get a nice car, you may buy a nice house, nice things, and you enjoyed it for a while. But believe me, after a while, you will learn that those things will not fulfill you. You're gonna get used to that thing, and then you're gonna get try to get another one, a new one. Let me tell you this truth. You will never get enough cars, enough homes, enough jewelries, enough clothes, enough toys, and motorcycles. To the point that you will be fulfilled on the inside of you. Nothing on this earth will be able to fulfill you. That's why there are so many millionaires who are miserable right now. They may have millions of dollars. They have seen everything. They have done everything. Nothing that they don't have. They have everything, but they are still miserable. You know why? Because God did not create man to be fulfilled by the material things. We shall be fulfilled when we know our Lord, and when we do His will and accomplish His will only. 
That is the most fulfilling thing for any human being on earth can do. Look at John chapter 8 verse 29. And he, mean the Father, who sent me is with me. Another thing that to fulfill you is to, to have the presence of God, the anointing, the glory of the Lord on your body, in your life, the presence of God. The Father has not left me alone, for I always, I always, everyone say always, do those things that please Him. Jesus is our example. He left heaven. He was in heaven for eternity past with the Almighty Father. And He left heaven. He came out from the high place, down into the lowly place. He went to the cross and paid the price for us. He became poor so that we might be rich, so that we can tap into the heavenly supply or surplus. He paid the price for us so that we can come out from the curse of poverty. But we need to do our part in order to tap into that supply from heaven. What we need to do is to make some adjustment in our own attitudes and in our priority in life. If we want to tap into God's abundant supply, we should put God first. Our priority must be Him, His will, His plan, and His kingdom. Amen. Amen. I have lived like this for more than 30 years now. I started to serve God when I had a, I have no even house to live in. Then I have a small house. Everything in my life, I think about the kingdom of God first. And I can see that God keeps giving me more surplus, more surplus so I can do more for God, not for myself, not for my own enjoyment, but for the kingdom of God. So many people, their priorities are off because they love money. All the energy and time they spend for material things. And what happened? They get into big debt because they want a bigger house, bigger mortgage, buy a nice car and have a big car payments. And what happened? They cannot focus on God anymore. They cannot seek the kingdom of God because everything is about materials. More house, more car, more stuff, more, 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 more. But the kingdom of God is the last thing for them. That's why people get into trouble. We must make sure that first thing come first. What is the first thing? Matthew 6.33, Amplified Bible. But seek, aim at, and strive after first of all. First of all, His kingdom and His righteousness. His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. We should concentrate on getting our priorities right if we want to enter into the abounding life. We must not build many debt. We should pay off our debts as soon as possible so that we can have freedom to serve the Lord. Many of my medical doctor's friends live in a very nice home in the waterfront with the boat. Oh, they have even many many vacation homes somewhere else. And they talk about that in the operating room. For me and Pastor Da, 
we say no. We don't want any debt. We don't want to have any burdens financially. We want to be free to serve the Lord. So whatever God gives to us, we're gonna live below our norm. We will pay off our house as soon as possible, so that we can do the mission for the Lord. Amen. God's work come first. The kingdom of God come first. And as we follow the kingdom of God, He's gonna give us the best. He's gonna give us something that we can enjoy and have left over to do the will of the Father. Make sure that material things. Look at my eyes, everyone. Don't do like this. Look at my eyes. Do you look at my eyes? Okay. Some of you try to avoid my eyes. Make sure that material things don't mean too much to you. Amen. Don't use the word love for material things. I love my car. I love my earrings. Don't use the word love. You only use the word love for only two things. I love my God and I love people. You know your car will not love you back. Your earrings will never love you back. Amen. Don't love them. Get material things out of your heart. Love is a matter of the heart. Get material things out of your heart. And change the way you speak. God give material things to you to enjoy. To live a comfortable life. And they are there for temporary. They can change into another person's hand. It's passing through your life. Everyone say, passing. passing. One day you die, you don't take them with you. You're going to give it to somebody else anyway. They just pass you through your life. Sometimes God may ask you to sell some stuff to sow it into the kingdom. Sometimes God may ask you to give some stuff to some people. You say, no problem. I can give this to that person. I will not lose even one second of sleep. I will not miss that thing at all because they are not in my heart. I don't love them. I don't love my car. I don't love my house. I don't love my earring. If God tell me to give earring to somebody else, I will give it, and I will not sweat. It's easy for me to let it go. Amen? It becomes more valuable when it becomes a seed to sow to something else. Some of you may argue with me in your heart right now. Pastor, but I love my earrings. I love my car so much. I want to answer to you. Yes, I know. But go ahead and kill it. Stop loving it. Deal with it. Amen? Stop loving the material things. Because if you keep loving the material things, you're going to stay in misery. But if you stop loving the material things, you're going to get out of misery. Your heart and your motive will determine whether you are qualified for the abounding life or surplus life or not. Your heart motive must be for the kingdom. God can give you things to enjoy, but don't love them. Don't be attached to them. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy, are you enjoying this sermon? Hmm. 
Deuteronomy 5:21 You shall not covet your neighbor's wife nor you shall not desire your neighbor's house his field his male servant his female servant his ox his donkey and or anything that is your neighbor's The word covet here means to wish to have to long for The word desire here to mean delight in God said, don't delight in somebody else's properties or belongings. Don't wish to have or to gain the things that other people own. If you believe in God, you trust God that He is big enough to give you good things of your own. Don't go after other people's stuff. Don't steal. Don't covet other people's stuff. Why I read all this scripture? Because I'm going to lead you to the next scripture, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Luke 12, 13. I like to read a lot of scripture. I don't want to come up to talk about news and the worldly thing. I want to read the scripture. Luke 12:13. Then one from the crowd said to Jesus, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me." Imagine this man. Was standing in the crowd close to Jesus. He saw the miracles. He saw the healing and deliverance. And Jesus was preaching the strong, powerful the message of the kingdom of God. Wow! If I was able to stand there to listen to Jesus, Jesus preaching, I would be very thrilled. He was standing there, look at the Messiah, the King of all kings, preaching. But when he opened his mouth, he spoke. What is important in his heart? What is important in his heart, Master? You know, my brother cheated me. He need to divide the inheritance with me. He must have thought that my brother was standing there on the other side of the crowd, and Jesus is righteous, just, and he's fair. I believe that my master Jesus is gonna talk to my brother who is standing on the other side and say, "Hey, man, you should not cheat your brother. He has the right to divide the inheritance half half, because that's what the dad and the mom say." And the, my brother would have said, "Oh, master, sure you are the living God. You are the son of the living God. Whatever you say is right. I'm gonna divide." My inheritance with my younger brother. Jesus is righteous and fair and just. He's gonna say that for me. But do you know? Sometimes, even though we have the right to get money, sometimes legally we have the right to do something. But God doesn't look at only your right. God looks at your heart. This man had the right to get half of the inheritance, but his heart was totally wrong. Sometimes people take advantage of me, borrow money and never return, or do something, and I come to God. God, I need justice. This is not right. And you know what God said to me? Let it go. Don't love that money. Don't love that material. Let it go. Just give to that person. Even though you are legally right to get it back, but do you love me 
and care for my kingdom than those things? This is what happened. This man, he loved money so much. He totally ignored what Jesus preached that day. He did not even pay attention to the sick who got healed. I don't know about you. When I see people get healed, when I see demon come out in this trip, one lady, a brand new believer, come to the meeting. Actually, in those meetings, if you come with me sometime, you will be shocked. We just start to walk into the room. Demon come out already from people. They haven't even start to worship and and preach. Demons start to come out from people. One lady, she used to be a medium to invite a lot of demons to come into her, and she can speak for demons. I walk close to her. Demons start to yell and say, "I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave." I lay hand on her, and eventually she got totally set free. All the demons come out of her. When you see healing, when you see deliverance, you are so joyful. You're happy, happier than to get a thousand dollar check. Really, when you see people, husband and wife restore relationship, restore. When you see kids come back to God and return to God from backsliding, hallelujah! More precious than a ten thousand dollar check. That man should think that way. The preaching of Jesus is so powerful. Look at that lady; she got up and walked. Look at that blind man; he can see. Wow! Excited? No, no, no. He didn't care at all. The whole thing in his mind said, "My money, my money." Look at what Jesus answered him. Okay, and I believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you come to him and ask the same question, he can answer you the same answer. Luke twelve fourteen to fifteen, but he said to him, "Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you?" And he said to them, "Take heed, take heed. What does it mean? Watch out. Be careful. Be aware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses." So Jesus tried to reveal to this man, "Hey, man." Even though you are legally right to get the money, but your heart is totally wrong. You love money. Wow, my dear brother and sister, please don't use your right, whether spiritual right or legal right, to be a justification to be bitter, to be resentful and covetous and unforgiving. Even though you have the right, you should not let your heart be in bad shape. You need to watch your heart carefully. This man practiced covetousness. He think that his inheritance is more valuable than the kingdom of God. Let's look at how God looked at material things. I'm going to read two story here. Are you okay? Today we have lunch, so I don't have to hurry. Second Chronicle chapter twenty-five verses five to nine. Moreover, a Messiah, the King of Messiah, gathered Judah together and set over them captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, according to their fathers' houses, throughout all the Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from twenty years old and above, and found them to be three hundred thousand choice men, able to go to war. Who could handle spear and shield? 
He also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel. You need to understand, a Messiah was the king of Judah. Now he hired men from Israel for 100 talents of silver, millions of dollars. But a man of God came to him saying, God sent a prophet to him. O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the children of Ephraim. But if you go, be gone, be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy, for God has power to help and to overthrow. Then a Messiah, look at a Messiah question, okay? This is a man question. Then a Messiah said to the man of God, But, everyone say, but. What shall we do about the hundred talents which I have given to the troop of Israel? Is that the way people think? I lost my money already. But, God, you tell me not to take out this soldier from Israel with me. I gave them already. Should I ask them to give back to me? Because you told me not to use them. It means... I need to get the money back. But I don't think the army of Israel would give him back. He's going to lose that millions of dollars. And look at what the Lord said to the man of God. And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. If you don't get attached to material things and money, Sometimes you let them go. God, everyone say, God is able to give me much more than this. Hallelujah. Let's look at another story in the Bible, in the same line, in the same truth. Genesis chapter 13, verses 7 to 12. This is all about faith. This is all about trusting God. Believe that God is going to take care of us. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, then dwell in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered. Very good land. Well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Soar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, a lot journey east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. This story is an interesting story. Abraham and Lot, their men had problems, strife. You can see the fate of Abraham here. Let us separate. Let us go different way. In a normal human way, in the flesh. Hey, I'm older than you. 
I'm going to get that land, the Jordan Plain. You go that side, I go that side. But look at Abraham's faith. He say, okay, Lord, you choose first. Definitely, Lord, look at that plain of Jordan. He say, wow, well, water, nice little gold in the desert. I'm going to go there. Abraham, bye-bye. I go to the left. Abraham did not lose sleep. Abraham did not get mad. Abraham did not complain. He just took off the other way. Why? Because he did not love materials and money. He loved God. And, listen carefully, he trusts God. That God can meet all of his needs. And God is going to take care of everything in his life. Therefore, he let Lot choose first. Can we become this kind of believer? That we are going to trust the Lord. We will not trust materials. Let's look at Luke 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. This message, we have to separate between God's abounding life. God gives us abounding life to do the kingdom work. Or, we're going to be a Christian who keep accumulating stuff and materials and live for self and being comfortable. Pile up a lot of stuff in our house and just live for myself. You can choose two ways. You can be rich for the kingdom or you can be rich for yourself. And then Jesus Continue to give a parable in verse 16 to 21. This is a very powerful parable. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, He talked to himself, saying, What shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops, I might. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, six, and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. How many I and my? Nine times. It's all about I and my. And now, and I will say, number 10, to my soul, Number 11, so you have many goods laid up for many years. Take you ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night, what kind of people that God called fool? People who love material, attached to material, and think that they're going to live on this earth forever. Let me ask this question. Have you ever seen anybody who was born in the 17th century? Huh? Have you talked to anybody who was born in 17th century? I have never. Let me ask another question. 200 years from now, are you going to be here? No. We're all going to die. The fool thinks that they're going to live forever. The fool accumulates material things and they're going to die one day and give that to somebody else anyway. 
they don't accumulate the rewards in heaven. Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And then he continued to say in verse 31 and 34, now the conclusion. Jesus talked about money, wealth, material things, about covetousness. And now Jesus said, this is the right way to live. But verse 31 to 34, Luke chapter 12, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The whole Luke chapter 12, talking about opposite attitude. What is the priority? Accumulating material things, more houses, more cars, more money, or you're going to live your life for the kingdom of God. Why I have to teach this lesson? Number one, many believers think that it's not God's will for us to be rich and wealthy or well-to-do. Two, many people believe that I live on this life just to get money. I don't care about the kingdom. Money, money, money. More and more and more. I don't care how the church is going to be, the kingdom is going to be, the mission is going to be, how people in the world are going to go to hell. I don't care. I'm going to accumulate things for myself. There's a two extreme, but the Bible tried to teach us this way. God is a good God. He can make us rich. He can make us well-to-do financially, strong, but not for ourselves. It's for the kingdom of God. You can be rich toward yourself. You have a lot of houses and cars and stuff, but you don't know you're going to have tomorrow or not. And once you die, not even one thing you can take with you and other people can enjoy it. And when you go to heaven, you will not have a nice house there. You will not have reward there. But you can choose another way. Rich toward God. Rich toward the kingdom of heaven. That you spend your time, your energy and money for the gospel for the kingdom, to save souls, to build churches, to bring revival to the cities. Amen? You can see that I have a pure motive in preaching this one because I passed the offering back already. I don't preach this and then pass offering back. I just want to teach you the truth so that you can live the right kind of life. Amen? Hallelujah. This man talked about himself. Me, my, I, 12 times or 11 times. But this man going to die that night, and he would not get any reward in heaven at all. Let me make a conclusion. Our God is a good God. 
He's the God of abundance and the God of surplus. He wants to give surplus to his children, but before he gives surplus to us, we need to change our attitude. We need to set our priority right. Our priority should not be how much I can have or accumulating stuff in this world, but our priority should be to do the will of the Father, His plan, His purpose, and finish it. We're going to live for the purpose of heaven. And we should think this way. God, right now, I'm okay. I'm not rich. I have a little in my hand financially. But I'm going to show you that I'm faithful in little. In this little I have, I'm going to use it for the kingdom. So that you can trust me more, that I can have more. Lord, I'm not going to be shut up reservoir. I'm going to be a channel or a tunnel for your blessing to flow through me, into me, and flow out of me constantly. Everyone say constantly. Flow in and flow out of me. Because he keeps filling that pipe is always full and ready to bless anybody anytime. It's keep flowing in and keep flowing out. I want to be a bigger pipe. Now maybe I can pay for somebody lunch, $10, because I have very little salary. But one day I can pay a lot of money for the gospel. I will not be lacking. The finances will flow through me. The blessing is flowing through my life. Definitely, I will have left over to enjoy my life. But if you say that one, I have to give it up, I'm willing to give it up and give it to somebody else. I'm not going to hang on to it. I'm not going to be attached to any material things in my life. Amen? That is the way of God. I will not love money. I will not love material things. I will not practice covetousness or idolatry. Amen? How many people want to live that way? Everyone say, the kingdom of God first. Everyone say, zero covetousness. Zero love of money. And material things. Hallelujah. Father, Thank you so much for teaching, correcting, training your people in the church. We want to be spiritual Christians who please you. We don't want to love material things, Lord, to worship money and materials. We want to only worship you. Lord, this world needs the gospel. We want to be a part of preaching the gospel. And in preaching the gospel, we need resources. We want you, Lord, to know that our heart is to seek the kingdom of God first. And we want to use our life as a channel, a pipe, your blessing will flow through us 
to save souls, to make disciples, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel, to build churches, to help the poor, the orphans, and the widows. Lord, help us, Father, that we will not be like that rich man. We will not be like that man who talked to Jesus. With the wrong priority and motive, Lord, help us, Lord. If some of us in this room, Father, are bound by the love of money, by material things, set them free, Father. Hallelujah. God cannot help you if you don't repent. Number one, you need to agree with God. What he say in the Bible? Let me ask this question: Do you agree with the scripture I read today? Do you agree? Can I hear louder? Again, one more time. Agree? Yes. Number two: If you have certain amount of covetousness and idolatry. I believe that all of us have certain amount, including me. I have to give up. I have to repent a lot, because we are human being. We are living in the flesh. The flesh love money and materials. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm like you. I need to repent too. I know because sometimes when Pastor Da say we should do this, we're gonna spend money to do this for somebody for the kingdom. And sometimes I feel like, oh really? And then I have to repent right away. No, no, okay, okay. If God wants to give, I'm gonna give joyfully. I'm not gonna ask really. You see, even I myself struggle sometimes when my wife wants to do something for the kingdom, but we need to spend money on it. We need to repent. How many people say I want to repent, not to love money anymore? Those who don't raise hand, it means you don't need to repent, huh? You're so perfect. You're holy. You don't need to repent at all. Okay, let us repent. Let's say it together, Father. I repent of idolatry. I may not have a statue of false gods, but I admit to you, confess to you, Lord, that I have certain parts of my heart that long for money. Long for material things. Oh Lord, forgive us, forgive me of my sins, and cleanse me by the blood of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, to give us grace to walk in the light we learned today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me ask last question: If you are not sure that you are born again and belong to the kingdom of God, I'd like to ask you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you walk away from God for a long time, and now you say, "I want to come back home." I want to make sure that my salvation is secured. I have relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Amen. That Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. If you want to do that, just pray with me. Speak out loud with me. Father in heaven, I want to confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God. He is my Savior and my Lord. He died for my sin. Lord Jesus, I open my life. Let you come in to be my Lord. From today on, I will walk with you. I will do your will. Help me, Lord. I repent of my sins. In Jesus' name, my name is recorded in the book of life. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so Oh, Thursday.